Hello and welcome to the I Am A Health Visitor podcast. I'm Jenny. And I'm Amy. And today we thought we would look into something which comes up quite a bit in um, clinic Mm -hmm. and new birth visits. Mm -hmm. And I say almost peaks at the six to eight week review. What do you reckon, Amy? I think that's a good good shout. Yeah, six to eight weeks definitely comes up. So we're talking about... Cradle cap. Infantile seborrheic dermatitis. <laughs> yeah. AKA. Cradle cap. Yeah, it makes it sound much more serious when we say infantile seborrheic dermatitis, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. I also feel quite proud that I said that quite quickly without making any mistakes. Yeah. One no, day. You normally, leave, you normally leave those to me, don't you? I do. The long words are <laughs> not my, they're Mistake, not my form Mistakes of and the long words. Yeah. <laughs> mistakes. <laughs> <laughs> the two things are connected you see that's what it is yeah so yeah we thought we'd talk about that and hopefully this is a relatively um i mean we say this every time oh this is going to be a quick one and then it transpires like half an hour later we're still rabbiting on about cradle cap but no this is actually going to be a quick one because broadly it goes away on its own there you go people you don't need to listen to the rest of the episode no, <laughs> yeah there we go um roughly it's a self-limiting uh <laughs> It, it doesn't really need any intervention. Yeah, yeah. Um, you can just tune out now so, and save yourself half an hour of your life. No, don't do yeah. that. Don't do that. Just there is a bit still, more still, still maybe give us a five-star review, yeah? Yeah, absolutely. As long as you give us the five-star review, we're not bothered. Yeah, no. Um, I've got the feeling that our listeners probably want a little bit more info oh, than this. Oh, do you think? Oh, okay. Perhaps yeah. we should tell them about the Cochrane review then, I suppose. <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah, so um, it, it's one of those, I think it says a lot about our uh, our differing styles are coming into this podcast, Amy. That I think I spent about twenty minutes looking at the Cochrane review, <laughs> and we're like, well, there's no overall conclusion. There's roughly no consensus on how to manage this. Yeah. And then, um, and how long did you look at it for, Amy? Well, after an hour and a half, I sort of decided that I'd probably wrung most of the relevant details out of it. But I didn't feel what vastly your... better off than the... Well, I was going <laughs> to say, what, what, what conclusion did you come to? Yeah, yeah, there isn't much consensus, actually, on uh, how to treat it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. What um, does it say, yeah, then, which Cochrane review? Well, I think it's good to go through, because actually yeah. this is where we then fall into the, the old wives' tales, the my mum says, mm-hmm. the... Oh, I had a friend who did this. Yeah. Um, because, you know, it is that thing. It's a dangerous. It's a dangerous path when there's no clear path. <laughs> it's true. And actually, although you know we're saying cradle cap and it's all very kind of light-hearted and it's not a big deal. Um, I think for a lot of parents, it actually is quite a big deal. You know, it can be quite upsetting yeah. for parents, can't it? Um, so definitely. Yeah. I find it. It sort of, you know, because it is that thing where I think cradle cap on the head. Okay, yeah, it, it's a pain in the bum, it's where we commonly see it. I really feel for the little ones who have the cradle cap in their eyebrows. Oh, no, bless them. And they just look so all. Oh, I know. And, and I know that we are going to kind of, well, actually, I'll, I'll save it before we get there, actually, but my one of my my favourite things is really not recommended, is it? <laughs> okay, I'm excited. That's, that's okay, that's a cliffhanger for you. You never thought you'd see that in the Cradle Cap episode. So... um. What is it then, cradle cap? So it's um, it affects the sebaceous glands, doesn't it, in areas which are hairy? Yes, exactly. Um, 
And these glands secrete oil. Yep. And uh, it gets roughly, it gets it gets caught up, doesn't it, and becomes scaly mm-hmm. in appearance. Yeah, it's kind of scaly, crusty, greasy, um, yellowish rash. Um, and I'm making yeah. it sound so attractive as well, which really helps. Um, and I think, to be honest, that's the major issue with it. People have is is how it looks. Um, yeah, and that's what's upsetting for people. But yeah, typically Definitely. in the most the areas, um, the scalp is the most common area. Um, it does appear in the skin as well, which is kind of a redness, sometimes greasy, yeah. sometimes dry looking, reddish rash. Um, typically the areas of skin, like the creases, you know, the areas that are um, the folds of the body where there's lots of um, rubbing. Yes, you often see it back of the neck, don't you? Mm-hmm. Which is interesting because parents don't often worry about it there. It's when it's right on the top of the head. Mm. But I think, I suppose that's because they're rubbing their heads, moving their heads around the when they're laying down and things, I guess. I think the reason it's mostly on the top of the head is because the sebaceous glands are most frequently found in hairy areas. So it's typically the areas where you have a lot of hair. Um, yes. are where you find a lot of these sebaceous glands and these glands secrete oils and it's the build-up of those oils um, which is it that's what's causing it although yeah. um, that's I mean we say that's the cause of it but really that's not the cause of it because why do some no. babies have uh, sebaceous glands that produce more oils than, than others yeah um, so I suppose we get on to the cause of it um, okay really um yeah and there's I was just to say it's interesting that you know the prevalence is really high it's it estimated 52 to 56 52 to 56% of babies yeah of babies and that's from the Cochrane review um and actually interestingly they said that they thought that was likely to be an underestimation because those um prevalence rates are based on medical diagnosis so when you've oh, been wow. to the parents that have been told by a medical professional this is cradle cap um, I see. So it won't include a huge number of parents that just know what it is and have never asked anyone because it's yeah. quite clearly recognisable and, you know, they've never had any need to take it to a medical professional. Like, say, my child had cradle cap. I wouldn't yeah. I wouldn't be able to tick, yes, it's been medically diagnosed. No. See what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. So what are seen as the uh, the causes? Um, yeah, well, sorry, um, before we say that, I've said it's easily easily recognisable. There are a few differential diagnoses that might be worth mentioning. Oh, yes, sorry. Just from, okay. No, no, that's okay. It was my fault. I skipped ahead to the causes before I got to the that bit, but perhaps relevant to say. Um, there's some debate in the literature, basically, about whether it is the same thing as... Because adult gets seborrheic dermatitis. Um, yeah, which is dandruff, isn't it? Essentially, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and I think there's some confusion as well around different atopic dermatitis um, and uh-huh. psoriasis and similar kind of looking conditions. Um, a debate around whether it's an early manifestation of that or whether it's a completely different diagnosis. But ultimately, right. we treat it very differently. So for the purposes of practice, um, there may be some theoretical links, but they're likely they're not likely to have a big impact on, on practice from what I read in the Cochrane Review. Um, okay. The only thing to be aware of is that it does sometimes, it is sometimes a symptom of more serious conditions if it's co-occurring with, say, poor immune function, failure to thrive, right. um, diarrhoea. They're the three um, 
clusters of uh, symptoms yeah. that you would see if there was likely to be a connection with anything more serious. Um, okay. And developmental delay. So there's a link to oh, something wow. called multiple carboxylase deficiency, which is a rare metabolic disorder causing failure to thrive and developmental delay in early infancy. Blimey. So there is a link to something more serious, but yeah. I mean, you know, but that kind of makes sense rare. anyway, because if you've got those sorts of things, which are, I mean, like with the the sort of failure to thrive, yeah. the diarrhea, you're kind of looking at issues around absorption and things, and you can imagine exactly. them being run down, and that would be an easy field for cradle cap to manifest because the there's yeast. less resistance. Yes, sure. So I mean. That's the only thing to be aware of as a health visitor that you have to be a bit kind of wary of. But to be honest, those things, they would be, you would be picking that up because of those other symptoms. Cradle cap wouldn't be the thing that alerts you to that diagnosis. So um, I don't think it's anything people need to worry about particularly. Okay. Um, But just to flag it as being there. And what do we think the causes are? Yes, so causes. So there's three major theories according to this Cochrane Review, and we don't really know which, if any, are right. Um, One is that the maternal hormones um, still floating around in the infant's body, obviously after birth, cause excessive secretion by the sebaceous glands. So because it's like a hormonal interaction with the sebaceous glands and the sebaceous glands then produce excessive amounts of oils oh. and that causes the build-up of the scales um so almost similar to puberty exactly kind of linking in with how hormones at that point cause exactly oh, okay. and interestingly that you do see a recurrence of seborrheic dermatitis in puberty commonly yeah. so that's one of the reasons why th- that's one of the backing up of this theory is that exact timing issue um so that's one possible option um another suggestion is that it could be due to increased fatty acids and that causes excessive turnover of scalp cells so i'm not exactly clear on the mechanism of that but perhaps people are more biologically minded might um, have a better grasp of that one but that's one Uh theory um and the the final one uh, which seems to be the one that the cochrane review was most leaning towards um, is that it's due to individual differences in response to a yeast called... Oh. Mm, it's called... Malasasia? Malasasia? Malasasia. Oh, yeah, that Malasasia. sounds good. Malasasia, let's go with that one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Whatever it's called, anyway. <laughs> it's oh, commonly dear. found on the human head. Ah. And it's a yeast... A yeast... Like any yeast, we have lots of yeasts okay. don't we, all over our body. Yeah. So treatment options, mm-hmm. um, antifungals first off. Yeah, that's one thing that people sometimes treat it with. I mean, it would be you'd have it's that thing where annoyingly a lot, of, as you said earlier about the medical diagnosis, a lot of the cases we see are go are not going to be ones that I'm thinking immediately. Oh, this no. is serious enough to need sure this, especially knowing it is. A self-limiting Absolutely. thing. And I often. think that's the message, really, the take-home message for health visitors, I think, from this podcast, is that these treatment options have been listed in the Cochrane Review, and that's what they were trying to review. They were trying to find out whether any of them are effective and safe, essentially. Okay. Um, but so, they certainly... This isn't as saying, for every child that you have who has cradle cap, you need to immediately tell them to go down to the GP no. and get antifungals. So and because we see in the list here, I mean, we say sort of, yeah, antifungals are first off, and I'm saying to that, 
I don't know if I'd recommend that in many cases. Yeah. The next option is steroids. Yes. It's discussed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then obviously, that's a topical steroid, obviously, but there would still be concerns around absorption. Yeah. Um, and then we get down to the more common things that we would recommend, like using oils, like coconut mm-hmm. oil, I know we would often talk mm-hmm. about, and then mechanical brushing to lift the scales off and remove them. Yes. So the argument in the Cochrane Review is that that could have some concerns. So although that is generally the um, treatment that if we were going to recommend a treatment, that would be the one we would suggest, they're making the point that um, if it is yeast-driven, um, then applying loads of oil to the skin is quite a favourable environment for yeast. So that could actually worsen, in theory, that could worsen it if that was the cause of the cradle cap. Um, and yeah. also they raise concerns about stimulating allergy. So there's been, obviously, studies... Clearly, that's with you know those studies they're talking about is peanut oil, which I don't think anyone's recommending. But you never know; there could be some unknown link that we don't know about yet. That's what they're suggesting, anyway. So yes, yeah, so it might not be quite as simple as you know we're thinking. Just put oil yeah. on and brush it out. There may be some reasons yeah. not to. And then I see um, these um, keratolytics. Yeah, oh, good work, including. Uh, salicylic acid, yeah. which I recognise that as an ingredient from anti-dandruff shampoos exactly. that I've used. Yeah, and it is often um, an ingredient in the infant anti-dandruff shampoos as well. Um, so it's called a peeling agent. Um, so I guess the clue's in the name, really. But they're saying there might yeah. be concerns again with absorption of that, systemic absorption. Um, again, it's that funny thing. We're seeing that and seeing it drive a peeling agent. You suddenly kind of go... Oh, so that's <laughs> how it helps you stay flake-free. Stripping the skin. Blimey. Yeah. Yeah. And then the last treatment that they've said that is sometimes used, and to be honest, a lot of these treatments, not necessarily in children, I should have said, a lot of these treatments have come from adult seborrheic dermatitis um, and have been used in children and are frequently or sometimes used right. in children. Um, and the Cochrane review is, are they appropriate to be used in children? Are they effective? Is it a completely different thing that it doesn't actually work? These treatments don't work. Um, and are they even safe? So that's the question they're looking at. And the final one they've talked about is biotin, which is vitamin P7. Um, oh. And they don't know why this is effective in adults, but what they've found is that one of the symptoms of a vitamin deficiency, um, a vitamin B7 deficiency, is cradle cap or seborrheic dermatitis. Oh, wow. So they found that when they treat that with B7, it does reduce similar symptoms. Um, so wow. that's that's one of the treatment mm. options that they looked at in the review. Um, Interesting. Yeah, so they're the ones they've summarised as possible things to do about yeah. it. Um, and so across the whole Cochrane review, what were, what were the findings? I think we've touched on them I a mean, bit already. Yeah. And oh my word, your eyes are rolling. <laughs> The thing is, like, I love Cochrane Reviews. You know I love a Cochrane Review. I do love a Cochrane Review. Yes. Um, and I yeah. love to get a nice deep dive into the research, and I love to know that they've done all of the collating for me so I don't have to spend hours doing database searches trying to get a feel <laughs> for the body of literature because they've done all that. Yeah, so that I yes. love that about them. That is great. So that being said, what they always conclude is... We don't know. We need more research. Which, whilst it is accurate and appreciate that they can't conclude anything else, because, you know, it's true, and obviously it would be completely irresponsible of them to make aspersions yeah. based on nothing. They have to conclude that. It's not very helpful, is it? 
It's not yeah. very useful as a practitioner. So that was where my eye roll was a little bit, a little bit eye rolly. <laughs> because basically they said, we can't draw we any conclusions on effectiveness or risks. They couldn't even synthesize the studies. They couldn't do a meta-analysis because they all use different outcome <laughs> me- measures. They couldn't even synthesize the studies really, even in terms of a... Um, narrative synthesis you know with words they were just they were basically just reporting the results of each individual study without really being able to synthesize them at all um which is obviously the point of a review um so that was disappointing (laughs) for them i imagine um yeah (laughs) just a bit um no real studies on the oil so the the most common method that we use there's no real research on that that surprised me mm. that there hasn't been anything looking at the different oils. and it surprised me as well. I think it might be one of those things that we've just been doing forever. Yeah. Um, Although the evidence, ha- yeah, the advice has changed because it always used to be olive oil and coconut yeah. oil was in favour. And now I, mm-hmm. it, it kind of feels like even now there's a shift away from coconut oil. Yeah, yeah. So... The yeah well yeah there are so some people still do recommend oil um but this is concluding that there's no research on oils so we can't know no. we don't can't draw any conclusions on anything really and it's talking about treatment gaps and um the point that it does make which I think is a really good one is that we do need high quality research on this because parents will seek treatment for it and some of the yeah. treatments the parents are seeking might not be safe so yeah. You know, not only might they not be effective, but they also might not be safe. There might be reasons yeah. not to seek those treatments. Um, something I'm wondering about, and it may be that um, this didn't come up at all, but mm. I know one of the things that really pushes parents to seek treatment sometimes mm. is if they worry that there is um, bald patches, if there's yes. hair loss because of yes. the plaques. I'm glad you mentioned that, Jenny. Because I've made a little summary for health visitors on advice to give based on the Cochrane Review and based on, there's also an Institute of Health Visiting um, Parent Tips page on Cradle Cap and the NHS Choices Cradle Cap page. I would just mention with the Choices page that it does leave much to be desired, that one. Uh, It still is advising olive oil on the Choices page, which is definitely outdated now. So for for health visitors to be aware that if people are signposting to that page, it does have some quite outdated advice. But Which is so frustrating. So annoying, isn't it? So, okay, so in terms of advice, actual practical things that health visitors can say... Um, yeah, is to emphasise clearly that it's self-limiting. Uh huh. Um, it this will go away on its own, and the average yeah. duration for it. So they talked about um, in the Cochrane review the prevalence and the duration. The vast majority of um, cradle cap is under one year, with the highest proportion being in the first three months. So most wow. likely, this is going to go in a few months. Um, but yeah. certainly by the time, you know, by the time they're a year old, by two years, there's a very small minority remaining less than 1% of cradle cap is still remaining at two years old. So wow. this is self-limiting. This will go away on its own. You don't have to do anything to it. If you literally do yeah. nothing, it will go away on its own um, and have no harmful impact on the child yeah. as a result. Um 
but to recognize and kind of empathize with any distress that parents are caused by it because although you know we're saying oh it's just aesthetic you know it doesn't make any difference to the child's health or well-being it doesn't disturb them it doesn't upset them it can be distressing for parents yeah and it is upsetting to have you know something on your child's perfect head that looks less than perfect to you you know that's not nice so so are we allowed to pick the scales off no no jenny so satisfying slap your wrist emphasize do not pick at the scales because that can cause infection so no you're not allowed to pick it however fun even really gently no i never break the skin (laughs) (laughs) no somebody handcuff jenny she's not allowed to pick it handcuff handcuff won't be good i'll just have both hands go she doesn't (laughs) think i need boxing gloves so yeah so no picking um and the institute of health visiting says not to use olive oil but that you can use baby oil vegetable oil or vaseline and then mechanically remove it with a soft brush but given what the cochrane review said about oil promoting yeast production there is a possibility that that can make it worse. So I suppose what they're saying from the Cochrane Review is not that there's likely to be any harm, although I suppose potentially with a vegetable oil, there's a potential allergy, inflammation risk. It's it's a very unlikely bit. Well, that's what they're saying. I know know children often talk about being allergic to vegetables, but... That's just what they've said. That's just what they've said. But they have, in fairness, they've said that it's a theoretical thing. It's not necessarily true. Um, But yeah, so the IHV says you can use those oils. So you are within your rights as a practitioner to say if parents want to do that, then they can. Um, But just be aware yourself as well of that um, Cochrane review, slightly slightly throwing in a bit of a spanner to those works. Yeah. Encourage them, obviously, to seek medical advice if the scales or rash are all over the body, if there's any weeping, any discharge, any inflammation, any signs of infection, anything like that that would be worrying. Um, And don't worry about hair loss because if the um, scales bring off hair with them, the hair will grow back back quickly. So don't worry about that. That's good. Um, I think... uh, one thing I really thought when I was reading about this is that all of the online sources of information for cradle cap, if you Google it, you know, which is what parents are going to do, you get yeah. um, the line, cradle cap will go away on its own, usually disappears on its own, but here are some things to try to make it better. Which almost to me reads as, it will go away on its own, but, you know, try this list of things. Yeah. So, I, I don't know, to me, the, normally those sites don't mention any risks or any downsides. So parents could see that as something that they should try. Yeah. So, well, the first thing you do is, like, you go- I've just Googled it. Yeah. And it just comes there up because they have the sales that the, uh, the first thing is the ads. And so, yeah, you're straight away, um, there's a special brush, mm-hmm. there's a Venu mm-hmm. with some sort of baby stuff, there's calendula oil child's mm-hmm. fun moisturizer happy so happy scalp cream yeah and yeah 
And it, it's like, you know, psoriasis and cradle cap treatment. So all of this and, positions yeah, so it as a it problem, is kind doesn't of, it? Yeah. That needs solving. It positions it as yeah. um, a problem that parents should be trying something to resolve. But in actual fact, it's just a variation of normal. Yeah. And I think, you know, if you're a health visitor and you're... I think it's it's about the connotations that you leave a parent with. So instead of leaving them with the connotation that this will go away on its own, but, you know, you should really be doing this moisturising and brushing to remove it, leave them with yeah. the connotation of this will go away on its own, it's perfectly normal, lots of children have it, you know, yeah. don't worry about it. Yeah. Um. I think it's just that thing of... Mitering it with like how severe it appears, how anxious the parents are. Of course, because it's yeah. like you don't ever want parents to feel they've just been given the brush off. No, you're right. And in fairness, helped. I did sound very, very brushing off and casual there, <laughs> which you know clearly is not the no, attitude. No, well, you weren't talking to a parent. though, you're talking to me. <laughs> That's true. Um, <laughs> I mean, of course, obviously, it is distressing, and I, I do get that. Um, and of course, it's upsetting for parents, and that's not nice. Um, it's not something yeah. that would upset the child. No, you know, it's not. It's not going to itch. It's not going to be uncomfortable for them. It's yeah. not going to keep them awake no. at night. All the things that parents would be worried about. So yeah, and I think if it is being like that, then that's when to seek help. Well, then you're probably looking at there's an obviously something more going on. Yeah, yeah, or an inflammation of some kind, and then you'd have the weeping, the discharge. So you'd be encouraging yeah. them to seek a, a kind of medical review on it. Cool. Um. Oh, cool. I feel so much more informed about Cradle Cap now. Oh, good. I thought we <laughs> yeah. hadn't really said anything, so that's good. No, definitely. I think we've said a lot, actually. Good. I think this is one of our Small But Mighty Small But podcasts. Mighty. I like it. I might put that in the yeah. tags. There you go, there health visitors. A Small But Mighty yeah. Look at Cradle Cap Infantile Seborrheic Dermatitis. From us to you. With love. <laughs> So, um, yeah, so we'll head off now. But if you want to get in touch, you can do so via our email. I am a health visitor at gmail.com. I nearly said dot nhs.com then. That would be a, that'd be a that would be random the wrong address. One. Yeah, Gmail. Yeah, Gmail. Gmail, not NHS. Um, and we're also on Instagram at I am a HV. And, uh, and yeah, no, we look forward. And if you're listening to us on iTunes, please subscribe and rate us. If you're on SoundCloud, please subscribe and rate us. Um, if you're not listening to us via either of those, then please go and tell five of your colleagues about us. Oh, yeah, I like that one. Yeah. There you go. Little bit of homework. There we go. All right. Hope that was useful, and, folks. Uh, yeah, and we'll speak again soon. Yes. Take care. Thanks Bye. for listening. Bye.